looking up this rally that's planned for the 18th. In the name of Jesus, bind it up. And Father, we're praying that there be no violence. So God, we're praying that the Catholic police be ready this time. Armed and ready, Lord God, to deal with the threat, Lord. And whatever level of force they need, Lord God, that their lives be protected, Lord God. And so, Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus that they not go just on a wild shooting spree. But God, let it be only to protect themselves, oh Lord God, and keep that. Yes. The responsibility to protect the capital and keep those that work that safe. Lord God, in the name of you, let this be the only motivation, Lord God. But in the meantime, Father God, let no harm come to them. Cover yeah. that situation with your blood, Jesus. Have your Father, we just thank and praise you that today is Carter's sixth birthday. Yes. Of the year, Lord God, and we just pray <laughs> that he will enjoy it, Lord God. Yes. We thank you for that. Indeed. other 
men because we're talking about passing tests. Amen. There's seven tests that is mentioned in this particular chapter. Now, there may be other tests in the Bible. And a lot of times as 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 uh as uh saved people, followers of Christ, uh <clears throat> we don't prepare ourselves for the test or the trial. Uh, you know, but we prepare ourselves for the temptation because sometimes we give in to them. And so we know Satan goes around trying to tempt us to doubt God, to doubt his word, doubt his, his commandments, his precious promises. And we know that that's Satan because he's trying to tempt us to get to do something that's against God. You shouldn't have to wonder about that because one thing about God, he never tempts anybody, nor is God tempted by anybody, nor is he tempted by what evil that people do. That's always Satan. Okay. And Bible says that there is no temptation in the man that's not common to man. So everybody's going to be tempted by Satan without God. Okay, it's all the way back to the garden. But that being tempted is not a sin. It's not a shortfall until you give in to it. Okay, until you give in to it, now it becomes a problem because it challenges God's divinity and God's authority. This is why you have 4,000 to 400 different denominations out there, probably more by now. It's because people are so easily tempted to look for something else. You know, God is near. He's all around, you know. Uh, he got 66 books to tell us about who he is, revelation on top of revelation, foretold promises, you know, testimonies, things that happen in the Bible, miracles, you know. But people are so tempted to go after something else, you know. And so that's Satan's work, okay? But see, we don't serve Satan. We're not interested in his temptations. Because we love living this life. And in this life, there are going to be trials and tribulations. The Lord already told us that. But he said, be of good cheer. Because I've already overcome those trials that you endure in this world. Already overcome this world. And so with Christ Jesus, we too can overcome. With the blood of Jesus, we too can overcome. With the finished work on the cross and, and you know, that power of his blood that's still making an atonement. We still overcome by that. And we have to have the word in our mouth as our testimony to that. And we can't be so in love with this life and get such a grip on this life and these material things. They're fine. Enjoy them because God gave them to us to enjoy everything that pertains to life and godliness. But we have to trust the wisdom of God to know that when I put him first and when I seek him first and when I obey him first, you know, when I try to become a responsible Christian brother or sister, God adds everything else to us. Because he already knows what we have need of. So I don't have to stress out when I don't have something. I don't even have to stress out when I fall short. Because the Bible says in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, he is faithful and just to forgive those who ask him. So I have an advocate, and I can always go to him. We have an advocate. And that's the responsible man. That's the responsible Christian. To know what you can do when that temptation comes. And also know what you can do when you're being tested and tried by God. Okay, because he wants you and I to know what faith we have. Who is that faith in? You know, who are you believing? Who are you hoping in? Who are you trusting in? You know, who are you depending on? That's important to us. That's important for us. And it's important to God. Amen. And so we want to take a look today, you know, at that, uh, a little bit at that responsible man. You know, I, I love to think about that, that responsible man, as we looked at the obedient man, the one who obeys God's word. We looked at, we started out by talking in verse 4 about the professing man. He says he knows God, but he does not obey his commandments. We got a lot of that going on out there. And uh, the obedient man who obeyed God's word, no question, hands down. 
you know, and then you have the responsible man who lived up to his profession. And so we, we talked about that. You know, first you got the professing man, then you got the obedient man, and then you got the responsible man. It's like levels of faith God is taking us to one level after the, after the next. And he strengthens us along the way, okay? And then you see, start to see God's glory when you become responsible. And so we're going to take just a brief look at that. Amen. This morning, uh, and uh, we know as a responsible man or responsible woman, responsible person, we have to live up to our profession. That's the responsibility. Do I live up to it? I know we have a lot of words. Sometimes we say a lot of things. Sometimes people may see them words as swelling words. You know, your head swells all up, and you know, and you're thinking you're this, and you're thinking you're that when you're really not. But in humility. Okay, we have to live up to our profession, not in arrogance and pride, thinking that I'm better at putting myself against anybody, because really all of us ain't nothing but filthy rags in the, against the holiness of God anyway. So we have to always be reminded of that and stay humble. But, you know, we can live up to our, our profession and our confession, our, our responsibility. And how do we do that, Pastor? We do that by drawing near to God. He gave a word the other day. He said, look, I'm still here. He says, I'm still here. You know, don't fear. Just draw near. You know, we know in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7, and 8, it says, you know, that we should, you know, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. You can't submit yourself to God until you draw near to God. And that's a part of the submission. You know, don't fear. Just draw near because fear did not come from God. And he gave us that, that encouraging word the other morning. And he said, I'm still here. I'm, I'm God. I'm omnipresent. I haven't gone anywhere. I was there with them in the past. I'm there with them now. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm everlasting God. You know, I'm Prince of Peace. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful count. I'm mighty God. I'm everlasting Father. I'm from the beginning, ending, end, and all in between. I don't forsake you. I don't leave you. I'm with you to the end of the age. And so we have to know that there's, there's that nearness that God is calling for. He wants to be near to us. He wants us to be near to him. That's why he said, I sent you the comforter, the counselor, the paracletos, that helper, that will come alongside of you because I want to be near to you. Do you want to be near to me? If, if you're not, if we're not drawing near to God, it opens the door for the spirit of fear to come in. But you don't feel his presence. You don't feel his glory. You don't feel it. And, and, and David said in the book of John, chapter, I mean, the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 11, it says it's in the presence of the Lord where there's fullness of joy and pleasure that is right hand forevermore. But you got to get there. You got to draw closer to God, amen, and not further away from him. And so that nearness actually is talking about abiding in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and our faith. That's all it's talking about. And we know there's lots of scripture in the book of John, chapter 15, that breaks that down for us. Matter of fact, let's just take a look there uh, in the book of John because we see in verse 6, it says, He that saith, okay, he abided in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So that's that responsible man. That's the level of your responsibility, right? So that's the challenge. That's the charge. Live up to your profession if you're saying you, you know, you're in Christ Jesus. And so let's just look at that, okay, talking about abiding in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In the book of John, chapter 15, verse 40, King James Bible, it says, abide in me. This is the Lord talking now. He's teaching. He said, abide in me. In other words, you know, uh, abide in me means to, like, hang out, means to, like, get a grip. Don't don't, don't, don't pull away, but draw closer and stay there when you draw there. Don't, don't let 
anything come along and sway you or influence you otherwise. See, that's that temptation. That's the tempter's role. That's the tempter's job. And they'll throw some lies out there, spruce them up, and make them sound just like the real thing. And people fall for it every time, just like right now. You have a big debate going on right now. How can so many people seeing all this evil that this ex-president stood for and still believe that he is the hope, that he is the one sent from God to help us as a as a society, as a nation, as a country? You know, but see, that's, that temp- that's the power of, of Satan's temptation. That's the power of his grip. And people don't understand, once you get entangled in that web of lies, it's not as easy to recognize the truth anymore because you begin to, you become blinded by your own ways, by your own errors. And then when you throw in a promise to people that you're going to make a lot of money, now they become blinded by the God of this world. Come on. And now money becomes their God and lies become their way. Yes. Yep. You know, deception, manipulation, but they mm-hmm. just fall for it every time. And they start calling the truth a lie and a lie the truth and hate all of those who try to walk in truth and build in truth and teach and speak truth and stand on truth and build on truth. You know, that's the war that's going on right now. You know, but Jesus said right here, abide in me, stay in me, stay with me. You know, dig deeper, be more anchored in me. And then and says, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. No more than you except you abide in me. And the responsible man, in order to live up to his profession, will do exactly that. I love Jacob when Jacob said, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to you, Lord. I'm going to get a grip on you until you bless me. You know, and if you want to be blessed, get that grip on God. Hold on to God until he bless you. I mean, Jesus is calling for it. And Jesus is saying, look, if you hold on to me, I'm going to hold on to you. Amen. Until until you bless me with what I want, I'm gonna bless you with what you want. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Lord, that I'm gonna add all these things to you. That's another part of abiding in him. You keep seeking him, you keep seeking his will, you keep seeking his way, you keep seeking his instruction, you keep requiring and inquiring of him. You keep knocking on that door because you know if I keep knocking, somebody on the other side is gonna open up and let me in. Because even if they just get tired of me knocking, you know. And you can knock in on the door continuously, you know, that's abiding in Christ right there. Because you know there's something wonderful on the other side of that door if you wouldn't be knocking. And if you're a responsible man, it's your responsibility to knock because you know that if he opens that door that no man can open, I'm blessed. If he closes the door that no man can close, I'm still blessed. You know, but I keep knocking. I keep knocking. And sometimes uh, when you're knocking, it's okay to talk with the Lord and say, Lord, you know, let me in. Lord, let me in. Lord, let me in. Daddy, let me in. Father, let me in. That's that abiding. And when the Lord hears that, man, he opens the door to us that nobody can open. He lets us in and he's willing to share with us what's behind that door. You know, that's God. And there's a lot behind that door, man. But we got to get him to open that door that he can do it. And, uh, and in verse 5 of that chapter of the book of John, chapter 15, verse 5 of the King James Bible, it says this, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Get no better than that to let us know where we fall, who we are. And see, we can't be who we are in our eyes. We have to be who we are in his eyes. And we don't get that right understanding our place, understanding his place, you know, we might think of ourselves more than we are. And that happens a lot of times. 
And so to stay humble, you have to understand, he says it right there, very clear. I am the branch. Just believe it. I mean, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Just believe that and stay humble to that. And if there's an exhortation, the Lord said, I don't exhort you in due time. You don't have to try to make yourself be nothing that, that you're not to impress nobody. He that abideth in me, again, it stays with God, sticks with God all the way to the end, enduring, inquiring, requiring of God, you know, trusting God, hoping in God. He says, I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, I like this. Now, you can't, you can do nothing. And a lot of people are finding out, now, they may accomplish some things, but it amounts to nothing if God didn't bless it. If God didn't sanction it, if God didn't send it, it don't mean you any. It don't mean you any long term good. It might make you feel good temporarily, but you gotta lay hold on those things, man, that are that are that are permanent. Those things that are everlasting. Those treasures, you know, that no that no nothing can 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 break in and you know and, and, and destroy it with moth and rust, steal it, you know, and, and, and kill you for it, you know. Lay up that treasure for you that cannot be eaten, you know, you know, that, that has that eternal weight of glory, that eternal value, you know, that treasure, you know, that heavenly treasure, you know. And so can don't feet get to it, you know. And so, uh, you know, this is what Jesus is, is saying here, you know, that that responsible man, you know, is going to, you know, you got to live up to your profession by abiding in him, bearing that fruit, you know, and, and knowing that you cannot. Now, without him, you would bear some type of fruit. But it ain't the type that please God. And that's the key right there. There's a lot of unrighteous, ungodly fruit out here. And a lot of it's coming out of the household of faith. That's why he said, that's where I'm going to begin my judgment. Because I'm not pleased with that that unholy fruit up in there. That unrighteous fruit, you know. And so we'll let God take care of that judgment. You know, because he cleaned the house once, he'll clean it again. And when you look at verse 6 of this chapter, it says, if a man abides, not in me. Uh-oh. If a man abides not in me, look at that constant. It says, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And we know a branch now. Can I've seen people build uh, picnic baskets out of branches. I've seen people build um, temporary shelters out in the woods out of branches. But here, man, this 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 uh, inclination here. Is that you're going to be gathered and thrown into the fire. I've seen, I've seen branches be firewood too, y'all. I've burned a few myself when I was out in the woods. So, you know, it's very clear what he's saying there. You buy not in me. Uh, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them <coughs> into the fire and they are burned. You know, so responsible man, is this your faith? Is this your future? You know, that you bear not fruit. So if you ain't quite Jesus and you stay in Christ Jesus, you continue to study his word, that that, that word be watered, trusting God to give some increase, then you not you don't have to worry about being burned. You know, because you're doing what God told you to do. You're bearing fruit. You're bearing fruit of a kind, okay, that says that it comes as a result of me abiding in God. You know, and say Satan produce fruit too now. We saw that with Adam and Eve. You know, he had a tree in the garden that was put here. You were not supposed to touch it. Well, guess what? You ain't supposed to touch no unclean thing today. You know? And so it's the same. The outcome is the same. It's still that way today. You know? goes on in uh, verse 7. 
uh, book of John, chapter 15, King James Bible, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. It's very clear. Look at those simple steps right there. If ye abide in me, okay? We're abiding in him right now because we got his word open. We're studying his word. We're elaborating on his word. We're sharing his word. We're breaking his word down. We're giving understanding to his word. And it's very easy. We're not using no outside interpretation. We're not using no private interpretation. We're just saying this is what Jesus said to his disciples then. And that message is broader than just what he said to them then. It also has an, a universal message within it for everybody. And he's saying, you know, hey, if, you, if you're not in Christ Jesus, there's no way you can bear fruit to him, for him, about him, you know, that pleases him. But if you come and abide in him, if you come and give your life to him, if you come and become a part of the family of God, if you come and let the Holy Spirit baptize you into the family, if you come and be a partaker, if you come, my God, and, you know, become anchored in him and get saved, you know, come and confess him as your Lord and Savior, come and believe in your heart that God raised him there. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to come to me and believe that I am and accept and receive that, by faith, you can be saved. Why would I withhold any good thing from you? You have you met all the qualifications as a responsible man. No, no longer just confessing, but now you're doing. Now you're able to go forth and do the work, being that part of that work is to bear fruit. You know, that's part of the work that he says uh, you can do, not be a forgiver here, but a doer of the work. Okay? Mm-hmm. My words about it. You. So that's the equipment right there. Just because you saved, okay, you got to get somewhere and get in a Bible study so you can be converted, so you can get some word in you. Now you can go work the word, you know, not your magic and your tricks and all that and your philosophy and all that and your, you know, your your, your enticing words, negative speech and philosophy. All that stuff God got put away with because he said, any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed with old, all things become new. That stuff that you worked and tricked people with before, once you become a, in Christ and you abide in him, he gives you a whole new language, whole new tongue that mm-hmm. I learn that you can speak those things, you know, that pertain to life and God, that God gives you, that God puts in you. Speaking with the tongue of the learner, the scripture talks about in the book of Acts, you know, and people will recognize you ain't sounding the same. Your words are not the same. They'll recognize something about those words, but we know the scriptures that they have spirit and life. Book of John chapter 6, verse 63. So everything changes. Your thought pattern changes. Your words change. You know, everything changes. Amen. Talk different. You sound different. You don't do things you used to do. And he says that my words abide in you. That's the effect it has on you. Ye shall ask what ye will in that order. But the third thing in this list of things he is saying you can accomplish is to ask. Most times it's the first thing people do. Ain't repented of no sins. Out there night sinning. You know, then they, they, you know, something happened. Ran off the road, car caught the fire. They, they survived. And they asking God. You know, asking God. They ain't thanking him. Being alive, God. So I got no. You know, I got to have a car. God. You got to get me get a new car. God, get my own car. God, you know. Start asking God. Ain't thinking that it's you alive and still breathing. You oh, walked away God. from the, from the car towed in the tree, caught fire, and you got out and walked away. No scars anywhere. You asking God to replace the car already. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, "And it shall be done unto you." Okay. But now you got to follow step one. You got to abide in Christ. You got to let His word abide in you. Now you can ask. Okay? 
And now, you know, Scripture says in the book of Matthew chapter 7, we have not because we ask not. So for the responsible man, the professing man, the obedient man, okay, you got to line up with the word of God first. Now you can ask and receive. Now you can seek and find. Now you can knock and it shall be open unto you. You can't skip all the preliminary steps and just go right to asking God. Mm-hmm. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't asking to save you. You ain't asking to forgive you. You mm-hmm. ain't, you, you know, it's the only time you need God. But because some, you were going through something. Mm-hmm. And people have the ability to do that. I've been there. That's why I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so let's go to this, this chapter, the you know, book of John, chapter 15, verse 10 of the King James Bible. And it says, Okay, if ye keep my commandments, now you're talking to the responsible man who wants to live up to his profession. Okay, another part of this is to keep God's commandments. Ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He's saying, look, I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done myself. Remember, I was fully named. I had to do the same thing that you were called to do. And I had to do it well. I had to do it where it pleased my father. And the only way I could do it was, it was the love of the father that motivated me, that encouraged me. It wasn't the temptation that I would could accumulate a lot of things, power, fame, fortune, and all that. If that was to be in my life, my father who loved me was going to add it to me. I wasn't going to go out and try to get it myself, using his name to get, you know, worldly gain. That's no gain at all. Yeah, does it do me to profit this whole world and lose my soul? Mm, come on. Yeah, yeah, he, he was fully man, so he had a soul at the time. <coughs> it was all going to change, and he was going to be glorified and receive a glorified body. But in the meantime, while you're on this earth, he was fully man. You know, had all the human, you know, factors of man. And so look at what he's saying to us there. You know, I'm, I'm your example. I'm your role model. You don't have to look for another. John asked that question. You go ask him, is, it, is he the one or do I look for another? We, we got to get to this point where we say God is the hope of the world. God is the hope of every nation. He's the answer to all the problems. Don't just say it to have a fancy little, 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 little line there. Say it and mean it. Say it and mean it and stick by it, you know. And there are people out there, they'll say it for convenience. And then once it's over, man, they forget what they say. Because they don't live up to their profession. That's how you know. But Jesus is saying right there, man, you know, in verse 10, you know, he says, hey, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Ain't nothing like knowing your love by the Father. You know, nothing. No other love compared to that love. You know, people sometimes will abandon you, forsaking you. Some of them will go away for a while and cool off and come back and all that. Man, you, we ain't conditioned to be going through a lot of that stuff. We may think we are, but we think we tough guys. We think we tough people. You know, we can handle it. You know, we put people through so much sometimes that we say we love. But see, the Lord love doesn't change. It's the same all the time. You know, now by the faith, hope, and love, these people, the greatest of these is love, charity, some scriptures. Hmm. You know, but see, love is so powerful because it covers a multitude of fall. You read the first book of Corinthians chapter 13, the 13 verses, man, it talks about that love, man. How? How? You know, there's nothing greater. All the other commandments hinges on love. The first fruit of the Spirit begins with talking about love. The Holy Ghost manifests love. The Lord even told us, man, we love with the love of Christ that's been shed upon our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5. 
There's some other things there, but love stands out all the time. Love wins over. Love wins out. You know, it, it's not puffed up. It wants it not itself. It's always focused on an action towards someone else who needs love. And that's why God so loved the world that he gave it on if he got his son. He still believed it and said, not prayers, but have everlasting life. He knew what they needed. They didn't know. They thought they needed another king like everybody else, another worldly leader. God has said, have I not been with you? Have, you know, did I not, you know, was I not with your fathers in, in the wilderness? And he, you know, did I not hear Moses when he prayed to me and I, your, 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 your struggles came up to me? Did I not show compassion towards you by getting you out? Did I not harden Pharaoh's heart for you out of love for you? Did I not end your bondage and struggle? Did I not let the death angel pass over and you were, you were protected as long as you were inside the house doing what I told you to do? Abiding in me, keeping my commandments. And so it's very clear there, you know, he says, you know, abide, you know, in his love, just like I did at the safe place. The name of the Lord is a strong child. The righteous run into it. They are safe. We read that in the book of Proverbs all the time. Chapter 18, verse 10, the King James Bible. You know, when we got to get out of that way that works uh, contrary to the ways of God, you know, that way under man that Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 talks about. King James Bible, under man that seemeth right. You don't have to fake it up in here to make it, the Lord is saying. You know, if you just follow my example, keep his commandments like I did, you abide in his love, and my love abide in you. You know, it's very clear there, all of the instructions as a responsible man, a responsible person, a responsible woman, and I should say responsible Christian believers. You know, so this is specifically tailored to them, it up them. And he goes on to say in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 10, the King James Bible, he says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Man, just your wake-up call there. Why do so many Christian people stumble so much? Come on. There it is right there. You know, there it is. Sometimes other people cause us to stumble. Yeah, they get us thrown off, they get us upset, we get into these debates sometimes, they ask us a question and we freak out. Sometimes we get mad at a person for asking us a question, but we think they're out of place, and we'll say, why are you asking me that? They have a right. And the Lord said for us, don't let that be a stomach for our faith, that you got to buy you some time, say, I don't know right now. See, we're so full of pride sometimes, we think we got to conjure up an answer. We got to make up stuff. We got to sound religion. We got to pretend to be so deep. I buy time all the time. Sometimes when people, even on here, when they ask a question, I hear about it. I start Googling and looking up scriptures right then and there because we have this rich resource right now that you can pull up scripture, man. On, if I pull up something there, there ain't no scripture. I ain't gonna I'm telling you, I don't know right now, but I'll find out. Most of the time when we get a question, I'm pulling up right quick and I say, give me the scripture on this. Boom, they give me the whole list of scripture. I just pick any of them I want. So I feel kind of comfortable now that I have access to the word of God to answer all these questions and not run from them and not try to fake it and make it and try to pretend. Some of these questions sometimes are actually things that we've experienced and gone through. Mm -hmm. And so we share with them the scriptures that we use to get us to. Kind of not that hard, but look at what he says, though, you know. He that loveth his brother about it in the light. That's powerful right there, you know, because we're up here in Virginia right now because we love our brother. We're representing all of you because you've been praying for our brother. You know, we know we ain't no stumbling block for him. We're here, man, to be a blessing to him and his family. 
and we represent all of you. We bring your love. You know, we bring your hope. We bring your faith. You know, and we tell him that there's a lot of people praying for him. His wife knows she's on the line sometimes. You know, and so he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. You know exactly what our responsibility is as responsible men and women. We know. You know, we're taught that verse they talked about that responsible man, that obedient man prior to that, you know, that confessing man, professing man. We ain't just professing stuff, we professing stuff. We're, we're, we're actually living up to our profession. We're doing what that state of the Lord in that regard. So let's go a little further here in the book of First John chapter 2. Let's go down to verse 28 of the King James Bible. And it says, And now, little children, Abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence mm. and not be ashamed before him mm. at his coming. And so what this verse is saying to us right here is there is future implications here. And those implications extend all the way into eternity. So it just doesn't end when this this life is over. It carry it, we carry it with us. Okay, so it extends okay. over into life eternal. So everything we're doing now, you have to do it with eternity in sight. Mm-hmm. We call it living your life in light of eternity. But what is your life? Eternity is not, some people think eternity is far away. No, eternity never ends. It just always is. So it's here right now. Because if you walked outside and somebody blew you away, you're in eternity. It might not be like you wanted it then, but you're in eternity. You are absent from this body, and you are in the presence of the Lord somewhere on one side of that cup, the good side or the bad side, book of Luke chapter 16. And so Hebrews talks about that. I think it's Hebrews, the second chapter, talks about what is your life. It's like vapor, James. One of them talks about <coughs> We use it a lot. We reference it a lot. It's like vapor. You know, it's here one minute and gone the next. Eight-year-old persons, we just looked on the news this morning. We laid down last night. We didn't know that. That was not the news of the day. We woke up this morning, and that's the news all over the place. Eight-year-old girl up in Maryland. Just that quick, gone. Just in the promise of life. Just not beginning to live life. Gone. In eternity. You know, and it's like that for all of us. And so we have to live our life today in light of eternity. How do I do it, Pastor? We talked about, we gave several scriptures uh, in the previous verses and teachings about coming like becoming like little children. You know, he says, and now little children abide in him. Mm-hmm. That when he shall appear, that means he's coming back now. He's coming back for your arrogance, your pride and all that. He hates it. You know, when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Lord, I know I was supposed to do this, and I didn't. How many times that we did that? I remember, and y'all heard my testimony before, Lord, get me out of this situation, I'll serve the rest of my life. See, that, that was just my, my arrogance, my, 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 my bodacious, because you think I could just ask God to throw that at him like that. Many, many times. You know, I'm not in ashamed of it. But I don't do that no more. See, that, that that spirit got taken away from me. And he replaced it with a different kind of spirit, a humble spirit, that I'm not ashamed to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I should forgive me. All the time, because I need forgiveness, you know. 
And he goes on to say that, you know, because I want to be confident when I stand before the Lord. I, I want to be confident that I've done the work you called me to do. I want to be confident that I did not live as a hypocrite. I want to be confident that I walked in humility and honesty and integrity the best of my ability. You know, even in that, I'm you know, still as a filthy rag in his sight. But I bear, I bear that in mind every time I do something. And then it just makes me want to give God my very best even the more. And not me measure what I think it is, but let him decide. And it's always decide on how he awards us back in return. And I got many, many testimonies of how I felt like he rewarded me back with favor. And some of you do too. I'm not just too my own. You, you know you know where I'm talking about, where I'm coming from. You've experienced it too. So let's go a little further here as we move uh, toward closing for the day. Uh, in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 6 of the King James Bible, it says this now, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. It's not your desire. It's not what you want to do. Why? You, 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 you're, you're becoming a responsible, obedient, professing person in Christ Jesus. Now, sin was associated with you before. You willfully, we willfully, you know, we willfully did it. Knowing sometimes that it was sin. But see, we don't think that way anymore. Why? Because sin does no longer have that grip over our minds. It, does, it no longer has that dominion over us. Even though we're sinners saved by grace and we have occasion to sin. But we also have that same occasion to say, Father, forgive me. And he's faithful and just to forgive you. That's not a license for me to continue to sin. Abide in it. No, there's no one that I got to wing out. You know, that's not the reason. The reason is I want God to be pleased, well pleased with what I do. Now that I know he's watching and see everything I do, knowing that there's a consequence, ways to send the death to give God eternal life. And it may be without sin, it makes him alive, and the truth ain't in him. But we have an advocate, name is Jesus. And he's in there waiting to forgive us that we have. Hey, couldn't just to do it in countries of all our questions. Why waste that valuable resource for your eternity? Remember, we overcome, book of Revelation chapter 12, verse, we overcome them, talking about all the enemies out there, the evil spirits that are out there, the temptations that are out there. We overcome all the attacks that are out there the death threats that are out there. We overcome all of them. All those are enemies to God and enemies to us. And we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world and by the word of our testimony. Come on, professing man, obedient man, woman. Come on, responsible men and women. That's how we overcome. You know, we have the profession, but we also have to have the doing too, the behavior too, the work too. And so he goes on to say that whosoever abideth in him shall, you know, uh, him sinneth not. And whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither know him. Now, at the time they were with him, a lot of people were doing things and they hadn't seen him, even though he was physically there. And so they, if, 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 he, if, if he left them without them knowing, getting to know him, that was on them. But for the ones who was going to come through their testimony who did know him, you know, that those, those apostles, after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they're going to go out and be witnesses. Now, today, we have come because that witness extended to us, the Gentiles. First, the Jews, then to the Gentiles, you know. So now we can only see him by going into the Spirit. 
as the spirit is in us, he takes us to the word so the word can get in us. Spirit don't take you off out there, man, chasing out there, won't understand it. That's your spirit. That's why I said try every spirit with the spirit. So you know what spirit you're following. And if you got a spirit you're following taking you away from the counsel of the word, that's not God. That's not God. I don't care how good it sounds, how promising it sounds, it's not God. He said, you know my voice because you're my sheep. Another voice you won't follow. You know, and so... And so we go on here and just a couple more verses here. Matter of fact, I'm going to do two more verses here and then we'll wrap this up for the day. And it says here in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, the King James Bible says, And we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. My God, man, that's just awesome. I love the way this verse starts off. And we know that the Son of God is coming. He came over 2,000 years ago. We can't doubt that. He did a lot of work when he came to what he came to do. He fulfilled it. He completed what the Father sent him to do. So that work has been done to our benefit. It's on those merits that we have what we have. Life given to us. It's the merits of the finished work on the cross. It's the merits of the shed blood of Jesus. It's the merits of those 50 stripes on his body that gets us physical healing. It's the merits of that shed blood that remits our sin, covers our sin. So, you know, he's already come and did that. You know, and that's to our benefit now. That's to our good now. That's a blessing to us now. Today, what he did then benefits us now and going to benefit us going forward. As we hold fast to our profession of faith and our confession, and we go on to do the work that he said we would do, greater work. You know, that's the key. That's how you know right there. What are, what are we doing? Are we witnessing? Are we going forward? Are we living what we've been preaching and teaching and confessing and telling people? Are we living it? And has given us an understanding. That's the understanding right there. A lot of people trying to serve God, but lack of understanding. How can you know how if you like understanding? That's why the Bible says, if you like wisdom, ask God to give it to you liberally, but make sure you get understanding. There's a reason why that, to make sure you get understanding. We, we be just, we'll have a double mind. We'll think we're doing this when it should be doing this. A lot of people are doing that because they never ask God for understanding. God, I, Lord, I need to understand what it is you have, you would have for me to do. And then once he tells you, it may seem one of the most difficult, crazy, nonsense things you've ever heard of. That's why he said you got to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith, not by sight. But if you looked at it literally and figuratively, then faith doesn't stand a chance. And now you're not pleasing God. You're pleasing your own understanding. Sometimes people just rule out things because they said it's just too hard. There's nothing too hard for God. And the Bible says you can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if God gave it to us to do, we have to do it regardless of how many men approve of it. How many people, you know, support it? You know, God drives our back. That's the understanding we have to have. People may forsake you, but God won't. He won't abandon you. He said that we may know him that is true. Sometimes there's tough situations that we get to know God. I love the scripture that says, in our weakness is his strength made perfect. Mm. Paul found that out, and he wrote that to us. In, In our weakness. Is, is his strength made perfect? Oh, you know, 
That's how we're going to get to know the true God sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we are in him that is true.
believers, oh God. This is our prayer this morning. We walk in love. We walk in understanding. We walk in the knowledge of who you are, God, that we may be able to teach transgressors your ways, be able to encourage backsliders, prodigal sons and daughters, and continue to be a witness to the law, effective witness to the law, because we do it in love. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise this morning. Now we know that we have both the Son, we have both the Father and the Son, and so we thank you this morning. We give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord. So have your way throughout this day, Lord. Let this word go forth and never return to you, Lord. So do what you please in the purpose you send it for us. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Well, all right, we're going to end right there. Uh, I just want to Pastor Sharon and from the Pastor Stephen Harry Davis. Amen.